And welcome to the second part of the 14th uh, Youssef Shaheen podcast. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. We're returning um, to the emigrant. Uh, I wanted to take advantage of uh, Martin Stollery being available and having written a monograph on the book uh, to to talk to him. Uh, and uh, just because editing three conversations done on three different types of equipment that take place on three different places <laughs> is so complicated <laughs> we decided uh to do it this way uh and and actually i think there there'll probably be some useful things that come out of it so i have talked to martin uh about the emigrant and now i'm going to uh talk to richard about what Martin said about the immigrant, uh, and then obviously we'll interact uh, uh, as usual. So, um, yeah. So you've had the the informed view of the immigrants <laughs> from Martin, and now you get well, mine. <laughs> no, that's not the way I'd put it. I mean, you know, two different types of informed <laughs> views. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I often find, to be honest, that you know, some people may be very theoretically informed. But then they build these entire thesis out of having watched three films, which I find annoying mm. and upsetting. And some people have watched yeah. thousands of films, but actually have very limited ways of looking at them. Right. And some people have this great historical knowledge, but actually they haven't even seen any of the films as they often brag. So, so I, mm. I, I feel it's really helpful to get different perspectives. I, I, I agree. And I found, because I listened to Martin's interview and I, I thought it was really fascinating. And, and obviously we'll, 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 we'll come to that. But, but one of the things that, I, that interested me particularly about the interview was that he picked things up from our podcasts, yeah. you know, perspectives on the films that he hadn't perhaps noticed despite having seen a lot of the, the, the Shaheen films so that, that was that yes, was very that was interesting kind of... so it's good to know we're contributing <laughs> yes that was kind of heartwarming someone is listening and someone is finding it interesting <laughs> <laughs> so tell me first of all let's start with the film yeah I mean what did you think of it um I enjoyed it I, I thought the parts I enjoyed more than others it was well, it's not perfect it's um I mean essentially the film is the story of Joseph and his amazing technical dream coat. That, that is the story, although Shaheen says in the caption at the beginning, this is definitely not about Joseph because um, you're not allowed to represent the, a prophet on, um, in, in Islamic culture. So, that, that's an, so he has to explicitly say it's not Joseph, hmm. but basically it's, it, it, it is Joseph. Um, there's some great sequences in it. Um, it's clearly quite a big budget for... Shaheen, I think yes. similar, probably a similar budget to Idea Bonaparte. Mm. Um, it's lots of big sets, quite a you know, big cast. Again, he's got Michel Piccoli in it. Mm. Um, some of it just didn't really work for me. Some of it worked really well. Other bits didn't really work. I thought that ah. there were 
let's let's sort talk of, about the bits that didn't work first. So I I found that I mean as often happens, his sort of action scenes were were not the fight scenes and so on were were not done well. Um, there were, and there were bits that just went to me just went on far too long and it was I don't think it was a budget thing it was just an editing thing this time so see there's a sequence with a sandstorm which where the sandstorm um, is, is is coming towards Joseph's family's camp mm. and the initial effect is great of, of the sandstorm but then the whole thing is just really quite slow mm. and it, it's just not you know there should be a sense of panic I think and it's and it just oh, you know there's a sandstorm and it, it's just not not exciting um, and there's other sequences that just seem to me to, to, to drag. But it, some, I mean, other parts, I wasn't sure whether they were supposed to be amusing. I mean, uh, what's he called? Ram, not Joseph, is when he's a slave in Egypt, he's kind of, seems to be having quite a good time. I mean, being yeah. a slave in Egypt seems to be quite, you know, a bit of a laugh, really. It was fine. <laughs> but maybe, maybe that was deliberate. You know, yeah. it was, maybe that was supposed to be funny. Um there's a scene where he breaks into a pyramid and falls down the stairs very, mm. very slowly. It just goes on and on and on. And I, I, I thought maybe that was supposed to be funny, but I, I found it hard to mm. get my head around that. I wonder, but, uh, I wonder if that's also not uh, an issue with how we conceptualize slavery. Mm. You know, because I, I think we have these images of slavery as being like the American South and getting whipped and, you know, and put in chains and yeah you know, and so on uh so i just wonder if there are different types of slavery and different concepts it yeah, may to... may be a different concept yeah yeah um, but that's fine i i think i mean you know i'm, I'm being a little negative but i, I there's sequences i loved and i, I loved the particularly the, op the the opening 30 40 minutes or whatever with the, with his family I, I i i really loved there was there was a whole thing about his sort of evil sister-in-law who was who was brilliant and, and I, I'm, I'm disappointed she wasn't in it more i would have loved to see a film about the evil sister-in-law yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but she, she she was great and there's some brilliant scenes with her where she's just kind of making side eye at the camera and raising her eyebrow and just generally being a bit evil and this extraordinary sequence where she's giving birth <laughs> which i just thought yeah. was incredible um and yeah things like that i loved uh, the, yeah the, the the childbirth scene where it's really quite quite a surreal scene um, and I, 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 I guess there was surrealism in the later scenes in the Egyptian temples and that kind of thing. So perhaps that was the intention. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's a very yeah very worthwhile film to watch, and it and it and it's you know it it is accessible because you will know you know you know you know the story. It's basically you know yeah. it's basically a variant of the story of Joseph. Yeah, I love it. Um, so you know, I mean, I. I kind of know what you mean, but I don't. I, I <laughs> so so for example, for me, if you build in that sense of urgency and panic about the storm, you know, you make it about the storm. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. You know, I think here what you're meant to feel is that these brothers are unjust to, to him; that he's being kind and generous, and they're all plotting. To get him out of the family and get him out of the way and keep yeah, him shared, yeah. you know, and you're having like all the symbolism of the child with the lamb, yeah. So he is like the child and the, the with and the lamb mm. doing only good and kind of basically being brutalized by his brothers, right? Even doing all the good that he does for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's uh, interesting that he's a, a again going back to 
um, Adieu Bonaparte and, and Saladin and also some of Martin's comments that he's kind of a scientist. The, you, you don't get much in this film about what you normally have about Joseph interpreting di dreams. There, is, there, there isn't yeah. much of that. But he, he is, you know, he, he's the one who notices the sandstorm and he notices the sandstorm early because he understands the science of what's happening. And, you know, mm. he's doing experiments. And, but then because of that, he's accused of, of, of uh, you know, witchcraft. Um, mm. And, and yeah, that, that, that was a very interesting aspect, I think. There's a, yeah. I, I, I was digging around. I mean, obviously the elephant in the room here is there is a very well-known version of this story. And, um, where, you know, where I, and whether Shaheen was familiar with, with the musical, um, which I presume wouldn't have been performed in, in Egypt. Uh, but he may well have seen I, I it. Don't know. Uh, but because of the the, the representation of a, of, of a prophet, presumably yeah. it wasn't performed in Egypt. But he may yeah. well have may well have seen it um, visiting the states. Uh, I found a a 1970s TV version of it, which had been which seemed to be an Israeli TV broadcast of a of a British version, which was interesting. So he yeah he he may have seen it. That's the really famous version. There's also a film. Um, from 1961 called variously called either sold into egypt or joseph and his brethren and it's an it's an italian film it gets kind of a peplum type film um it's on youtube it looks pretty terrible uh robert morley is the pharaoh and finley curry is 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 joseph's father um joseph is played yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, jo yeah. joseph is played by i forget the guy's name is in the great escape but anyway the opening I'll, I'll send you a link because the opening sequence is very similar to the opening sequence of of the shaheen film uh yeah. it's joseph and his very young brother and the young brother's got a lamb and, and it's i mean obviously they're adaptations of the same story but this it's yeah it's an interesting I similarity I expect Shaheen would have been more likely to have seen the Italian peplum film mm. than the British musical. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's interesting, you know, because I didn't make the connection to the musical at all. It no. never entered my mind. I, th I think if you're, if you're British, it's just what you immediately think. Someone mm. says Joseph, you just think any dream will do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, yeah. But that's a fascinating thing, right? Because... I think the film really resonated with me and um, partly because, you know, like I grew up in Quebec and, and the period just before the 60s was called uh, La Grande Noirceur, yeah, mm -hmm. the, the Great Darkness. And, you know, the reason why there was a great darkness in Quebec is because people were anti-learning. Yeah, the church had control over everything. You know, so kind of everything was like superstition and ritual and mm. God, you know. And, you know, when the quiet revolution came on, the emphasis again was on learning. Learning is important. And, yeah. You know, and I was kind of like relating this to, you know, American culture of the last 30, 40 years and how they degraded learning and culture and how, you know, to be an intelligent person is to be an idiot. Mm. Sorry, to be an educated person is to be an, an idiot. You know, that kind of intelligence is something that's innate, innate and it's about being streetwise or, you know, things like that, rather than actually the pursuit of learning. Yeah. And so this film where Joseph saves Egypt and his own people, mm. you know, through a pursuit of learning, there's something kind of really wonderful about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is it. He wants to, yeah, he, he sort of wants to go to Egypt to learn agriculture and his brothers are jealous, and so they 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 sort of try to kill him, or they think that, you know, they um, 
then he goes to when, when he's made a slave in Egypt and he's desperate to learn and he's he just treats the slavery as, as, an, as an opportunity for yeah. for learning. In fact, he almost he says to the so basically the brothers throw him in the hold of a ship tied up mm. and the, the 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 owner of the ship finds him and says, well, I found you in the hold in the hold. Therefore, you're my property so I can sell you. But they become friends. And so he's like, well, OK, if you're going to sell me, please sell me to this guy, because then then he can teach me stuff. Yeah. Um, so he makes sure that he's he's sold to the to this kind of, um, you know, influential guy hmm. but yeah it is all about agriculture it's all about i mean again similar to things like the land um yeah you know where, where it, it it's uh, you know the scenes of you know where, where you know where the rain comes in the middle of the desert and this kind of thing it's really really, really amazing yeah. yeah one of the things that martin said that hadn't quite registered with me and then of course as soon as he said it uh you know you think duh it's the thing about water mm. the water's everywhere that all of his songs are water yeah yeah is, yeah you know, the, the water is used in all of these forms, yeah, as something sensuous and aesthetically beautiful, but also life-giving, and, you know, there's always swimming and joy and, yeah, and so on, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> related to water, the building of the Aswan Dam, right, yeah. this modernization, right, uh, uh, the very first time we saw the blazing sun was all about irrigation systems, yeah, right? and yeah. rights to water, and, yeah, so obviously it makes sense that in a place where there's not much water, that water <laughs> yeah, would yeah. what brings life and what people struggle over, uh, but it's very obvious in this film, yeah, um, you know, it is very much you. You need water to farm. Mm, yeah, you mm. can't farm uh, with uh, the sea. Um, you know, so and and there's obviously the distinction between sea water and uh, uh, um, you know river, yeah, or drinking water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, one they're both bountiful. You can get fishes, as we see from seawater, but you can't farm with it, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think the film is wonderful in the way that it makes all of those nuances, you know, on the issues that it takes. Mm. Yeah, it's it's, you know, so so alongside these podcasts, I've been doing some uh, on William Friedkin. And with William Friedkin, you feel that his practical skills and actually his visual skills exceed his thoughts. <laughs> you know like uh, uh, whereas these films are really complex thinking sometimes very poetically rendered and sometimes a bit crude yeah 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 but but it's very sophisticated thinking I think mm. you know so I was thinking the view of water uh, you know the view of love right mm. uh, um you know, you have a eunuch married to a woman, yeah, who kind of loves, yeah, they, they, they do care for each other. Yeah. You know, but the woman is sexually frustrated and, yeah, I, you know, it kind of, it, it's, it's like kind of what we were talking about in Adieu Bonaparte, yeah? It's kind of, it's a very complex view of sex and love and desire, mm. right? And kind of feelings towards the other that, you know, involve different gradations, yeah? Um, yeah, and in, in which one is not necessarily superior to the other, yeah. The kind of both are, yeah, both the various things are seen as necessary and essential to a happy life, yeah. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought it was yeah, fascinating. Yeah, the, the relationships were fascinating, and and the you know the, the the you know this whole thing about the the you know the the wife who's trying to seduce Joseph, sorry Ram, and uh, they. 
you know he he's accused of that and and it hasn't it hasn't happened you know he she loves him but she she then you know clears him at the end it's yeah it's very 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 yeah very well handled but the but yeah it, it's I, I i do find i mean the it's i mean we keep calling him joseph and he's not joseph but it, it's ram it's ram uh, it's ram or you'll get sued and thrown to jail and well <laughs> i know you just think oh come on who is he kidding because it's it's so it's and just putting this caption at the start saying this is not you know just like joseph <laughs> all yeah. these exact things happen i mean it, it's um you know but it was enough to keep him out of jail because yeah. you know as martin said there was a massive lawsuit and you know I, again one of the things that i learned from martin which you know i didn't quite realize and it's so useful uh this this is at the same time as the uh salman um what's his name oh salman rushdie versus yeah. salman rushdie okay. case yeah yeah you know uh, i mean this is 92 the salman rushdie thing was happening you know around that time mm. right uh, or it had I think it was in the middle of happening, you know, there were fatwas, yeah, the whole thing about, you know, the representation of the prophet and, you know, how you, who could criticize Islam and could you criticize Islam at all? And, you know, all of these were very live issues. Mm. Uh, and in fact, you know, the film was uh, banned initially, then it was taken to court and it was like very severe charges, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. So, so to say, but the film tells you from the very beginning that it's not Joseph, it's Ram. <laughs> it, you know, that's the difference between kind of winning or losing a case. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But, so. it, but, it, <laughs> but you know, it is, I, I, I mean, I, I, as you were saying to Martin, and Martin I, I, there, are, there are different versions of the story in, in different yes. religious sources. Um, and because I'm shallow, the version I'm most familiar with is, is the Andrew Lloyd Webber one. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, the which I, I had a quick uh, look tonight at this. There's a half an hour. The original version was only half hours. I watched that this evening. And the the pretty much the only difference in the story as presented in the two is, um, firstly, there's more of a focus on joseph as a prophet as, as someone interpreting dreams which we don't really get much of in this shaheen film you do no. get a little a little bit of dreams but not much of that uh and the only other difference is is, is the um the, in the in the musical they sell him into slavery deliberately rather than just dumping him into um a ship's hold I, and I, I don't you know i, I don't know what the, what the what the actual biblical version is and what the version of the quran is i've no idea uh but but he's you know it's essentially He's say given he knows Shaheen knows there is this prohibition, and he's saying very close to the wind in in, in doing this, doing this well, story. Um, I mean, we found out that he's definitely very brave. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. I was going to say one thing that I because I had I had a look at uh, at Martin's book today, and and one of the things that I found really interesting in, in that was the stuff about how Shaheen funded and distributed his films. Yeah. That essentially because of having his own production company. Um, he was and, and being getting overseas funding, he was able to make and being this international figure, he was able to do stuff without having to worry too much about, you know, other Arab funding in the way that. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a reference again, a reference in Martin's book about other filmmakers having to worry about the, uh, you know, making films for the Kuwaiti market or the Saudi market, and that's yeah. really interesting in the context of Adio Bonaparte, with the critique on the q80 tv showing yes. of it of it not being a proper film um so it's it's 
this all it, it ties together quite interestingly. Well, um, there's something very admirable about Shaheen in doing that because, mm. you know, he begins within, you know, the uh, traditional Egyptian uh, uh, um, film industry that, you know, was already set up and underway. You know, he manages to continue working through that at the beginnings of uh, Nasser's national, nationalization of it, right? But soon he sees that that won't, won't work, so he begins co-producing, yeah, with Algeria and Lebanon, right? Um, and that earns him a certain amount of leeway. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, in 1985, he begins uh, this uh, partnership with Humbert Bassin, yeah, the, the, who would then go on to produce all the rest of his films until Balsan died. Yeah. Um, so, and that earns him a degree of independence, but it's not full independence. He's still reliant on Egyptian money, or, yeah, uh, or you know, money from the uh, um, Arab markets, mm. you know, for half of his finances. Yeah, right? uh, so. but it's, it's, it's interesting, again, reading in Martin's book, that this film was huge un until it was banned. It was huge, hugely popular in Egyptian cinemas. Um, yes. So that, yeah, that, that, that's yeah. It did to the public. It went down really well. And, and yes. you know. Um, yes. So. Um, but uh, um, one of the things that I thought was very interesting about my conversation with Martin, which again I hadn't quite registered, um, is that uh, Shaheen is also very wily, because there's no critique of the army. In fact, there is a very respectful stance towards the army. And, of course, very important in a country that's basically been run by generals, yeah, for the last 40 years. I mean, the yeah. army runs Egypt, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and was doing so then. So, you know, and uh, now, you know, the army is represented by a eunuch, yeah? <laughs> very handsome and very powerful, but nonetheless a eunuch. But he's also represented as nice and sensitive and respectful and yeah, mm. doing doing the right thing. So and, and actually that whole conversation reminded me that, you know, like the biblical story, you know, kind of biblical stories are, are parables. They're uh, stories that stand in for something else. They're there to kind of teach you lessons about life and how to behave and what mm. is just and what is acceptable and what is taboo. And I think this film functions a bit in that way. Yeah, it, it almost it, it demands to be read allegorically, doesn't it? Yeah, and and that's an interesting point that actually the um, the you know what you, the what you would class as in this film as the Egyptian government, they're actually pretty sympathetic. The you know the the the, the pharaoh and the eunuchs so on they're they're, you know, they're they're basically nice to him. They're yeah. supportive of him. They let him do his experiments. They let him immigrate the land. Yeah. They they don't imp they they imprison him when he's accused of something. But then when he's cleared, they release him. Mm. Um, the the people that are you know the evil people really and again this comes back to some of the early films are are, are his family. They're the the, yeah. the mob. You know who again it comes back to some of the earlier films where there's a mob turning against someone. Yeah. It's like it's like the Crucible. You know the yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the the, the sister-in-law well, says. Very interesting connection because yeah. when we were you know we were talking about that in relation to you know a kind of i don't know an inscribed or structural kind of built-in thing mm. that also reflects an experience of being gay or queer or outsider or yeah 
you know, mm. that the mob can turn on you. And yeah, course, and that and yeah. that's is exactly what happens because he rescues them from the sandstorm, mm. and then she says, "Well, he rescued us from the sandstorm, but he says he did because he says he knew the sandstorm was coming." But I've he seen him standing there sandstorm. running sand through his fingers. He must yeah. maybe he caused it. Yeah, so that was yeah. interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean the two the, the two scenes I really loved in the film. They were quite, both quite early on. There's one where um, where Michelle Piccoli talks to Joseph, goes up to Joseph at night, and it's it, it's all blue. It's all kind of he's yeah, at full he's, moon. He's, it, it's he's a, putting his hands towards the moon. Yeah. yeah, which represents his mother, and it's, it just looks amazing. But the, the other scene, as I mentioned earlier, was this kind of extraordinary scene where the where the sister-in-law is 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 giving birth, and she's <laughs> she's desperate not to have a daughter. And um, she, so basically, she's giving birth in this cavern, I guess. And there's some weird ceremony going on. And in order to reduce, and I don't, I don't, I've, I've no idea if this works. But basically, if you want to avoid having a, a girl baby, just banish all women from the room. <laughs> so she banishes all, just banishes all the women from the room, and then basically gets all these ten-year-old. There's like about ten, like ten-year-old boys just yeah. standing around the stand. You, you only see this from the from the point of view of her head. It's not. It's, it, there's nothing yeah. dodgy going on here. But you, she's just giving birth while these these like it's like a, a choir boys or whatever just standing there watching it's just, yes. and then, then then it's a girl oh no it's, it's <laughs> I'll a, kill her with my own hands I'll kill her with my own hands <laughs> but there's all these things with the, there's these kind of um what are they vases or something and they're kind of hanging from the ceiling and then yeah. as it, as she realizes it's, it's a girl they crash together and they smash yeah. and all this blood pours out it's a, yeah so that's an amazing scene and uh, that is yeah. an amazing scene i think the film has many i love mm. the scene where What's the eunuch's wife's name? Hamita or something like that. Mm. Um, you know, where she appears and declares, you know, that, uh, you know, she wanted him and she offered himself up to him, you know, and the only reason why it happened is that he refused, you know, and she doesn't regret it. Yeah. And I thought that was a fantastic scene. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I think that would play as powerfully now. Yeah. The... Uh, Another scene I loved is one where where Ram goes to he he begs to be allowed to get a proper job and 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 then he ends up in the in the kind of mummification room, mm. um, and they they're sort of do, I don't know what they do do they like suck the brains out of the dead body in order to mummify I don't know whatever whatever happens Ram's kind of look, takes one look at this and just like faints into the sarcophagus and it, <laughs> and it's like the kind of cliched scene you get in. Uh, you know, in a detective drama where you know the rookie cop goes to an goes to their first autopsy and they faint, and it, it, I I loved that. There's there's also there's a, just a brilliant line, again with the the wife of the of the eunuch where she says something like, "If you really care about my eternal soul, take a look at my sarcophagus." <laughs> <laughs> it's like the best chat up line ever. Uh, well. I loved many things about it. I loved, um, again, you know, formally, it's really beautiful. Mm. Uh, you know, it's filmed very beautifully. There are some shots with the sand dunes, with Ram in front of sand dunes that are just gorgeous. Uh, the sands of, the, uh, the, you know, the new family, Ram and his soon-to-be wife, on donkeys, you know, with the sea in the background. Mm. You know that are just beautiful uh, to look at. 
all of the scenes with the water when yeah the scenes with the barley yeah i i thought you know were very beautiful. yeah yeah um so i i, I mean i i think it's the film is just gorgeous visually uh i think it's clunky i i don't know how else to put it right but i think that's true of all of shaheen's films mm. yeah that kind of you know, certainly by the style of cinema that we're used to, there are moments that just seem off, you know, so, and they mostly involve action, right, mm. you know, uh, or movement, even, you know, because there was the scene where the general does this thing with his sword, and you think, that man's never held a sword in his life, <laughs> you know, he's so, he's so graceless doing it, mm. right, and you think, oh, you'd never see that in a Hollywood film, right, you know, no. they they'd put in a stand-in or they'd match somebody else's body or, you know, uh, they'd, yeah, they, or, or they'd rehearse for three months to make the move uh, perfect, right? So, you know, there are things that I think do have to do with budgets and time and money, mm. Mm. you know, um, that mean that the, 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 the film has clunky elements. But I think the clunkiness does not detract from... The, the complexity of thought or the kind of poetry with which the film dramatizes those ideas. You know? mm, mm. Uh, um, I think, that, you know, there are moments of great kind of visual beauty and, and the, 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 the film allegorizes. Yeah, that kind of thing stand in for something else, right? So, you know, the, the sarcophagus thing is not there by accident, right? It's like, you know, Egypt is killing its own people. Mm. Right, and it's all preoccupied with death rather than figuring out ways of how to save or feed the population. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, all of those things kind of intertwine. They're kind of thematically linked. Um, yeah, yeah. I I wondered whether um, the, the whether there was a whether this is being cut down somehow. There, there, there was um there, there are some characters that just van. I mean the the whole the, the, the stuff with the like the ship's captain and his son. Yeah. Um, there seems to be some relationships going on with the people there in Egypt, and and, and they, they just kind of it's very quick, and then they vanish. And I I just wondered whether this was originally a longer film. I don't I, know. I, I, I don't know. It felt there were certain bits that just didn't really flow. Right. Um, um, it's quite long as it is. It's two hours and ten minutes. Yeah. 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 So um, so I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I think there are things. I think it's a film where everything is worked out, is worked through, so that, you know, people who are often in the background reappear, mm. yeah, in various guises. So, for example, Ramsey, uh, the, the, the pharaoh, I don't know if it's Ramses, the pharaoh in this film, which is Yehia in Adieu Bonaparte. Did you? Oh, is it? Okay. Yes. I didn't notice this. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, you see him like basically three times. Mm. Yeah, often as background. I think he only really gets a speaking line at the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we will miss you. Egypt will miss you or whatever. Uh, but he's, yeah, but he appears in the background. And then there are kind of interesting things. So, you know, the man that gets him, that te teaches him how to get into the Pharaoh's palace I, with the, you know, with the stone looks uncanny uncannily like uh 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 the uh um eunuch general mm. yeah i don't know did you notice 
No, I didn't notice that. But I, okay. but I'm now I'm now wondering because what's interesting is when you think about, um, you know, you compare this with um, Alexandria again and forever, and the um, the film about Alexander the Great that he's trying to make with mm. with the in that film with the actor that played the younger Yahya, and I'm, you're just thinking, what would this film have been like with Yahya from those first two films? as ram and yeah. uh what uh, and it, it, you know is is this the project that he was trying to get ram involved in that ram then refused to be involved in i don't know i don't know but i kind of thought the other way around because the thing about this actor is that he fulfills all the criteria of like all this gossip that you've heard mm. right because he's quite pretty but also he's not very expressive Right. You know, if you if you oh, think. Yeah. OK. OK. If, yeah. If you think of Yahya. Yeah. Uh, in all of the films that we've seen him, he's alive. Right. Mm. And, you know, it's almost like you can read his mind and he's got a sense of yeah. humor, you know, and he does comic bits like Chaplin or something. Right. Like, yeah. You know, he's, he's really good. Right. Whereas, you know, Ram, the actor who plays Ram is very pretty. Yeah, very, but very inexpressive. You know, he mm. reminds me of like I don't know Deborah Paget or you know one of those nineteen fifties actors. Yeah, yeah, and this is it. He's, he's yeah, basically, and and I think this is a big hole in the middle of the film is that the guy who plays Ram is just not very good. And yeah. um, you know, if if we if we'd had you know the guy who played Yahya in those first two films. He, yeah, he 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 would have been great. I'm sure other people would have been great, but I, I you you have you have to wonder because I think this guy was pretty much an unknown. Yeah. I found the um, I, I and I'll send you a link because I I found the the film directed by the guy who played Yahya on uh -huh. YouTube. No subtitles, okay. but I found it. So uh, <laughs> you're so good. Well, do you know how I I, I I even impressed myself with how I found it because I found it by IMDb has a has a um, has the film poster uh -huh. and I just did a, like a reverse Google image search on the film poster and found the YouTube video with, uh, so yeah, it, it's, uh, wow. it, it appears to be that film and certainly it's got that guy in it. So yeah, I'll, uh -huh. I'll send you the, it frankly, it doesn't look like a great film, but I mean, it's hard to tell because there's no subtitles, but, uh -huh. but it, but it's, it's interesting that it exists and it's out there. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, who knows? Um, well, that's something to look forward to. The, the other, uh, aspect that I find so so one of the things that I find about the film is that it's very current mm. yeah that the issues it deals with are issues that are alive now mm. so one of the running threads is this question of immigration you know and actually the questions that Ram asks himself throughout the film are questions you know that people who've been living in Britain 50 years ask themselves around the time of Brexit. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not British. What am I? I've lived here 50 years. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, you know, so this thing about foreignness and belongingness and migration and yeah, displacement and mm. you know, mass migration, you know, yeah. to event. I mean, those are all things that, you know, the film doesn't, um, you know, uh, uh, over. Uh, um, it doesn't you know, it doesn't raise the flag over them, right? No, but, but actually they're consistent throughout. But you know? you're right. It's like, cause, because the, you know, the unit's wife, she reveals at one point, 
oh well actually i'm foreign as well and yeah. you know she, she's viewed as foreign because of her background but she's not you know she's and not only that but very movingly she says you know um i can't go back to my country it no longer exists or something mm. right? yeah uh, yeah you know uh, yeah so you know uh, um yeah, so, so I, I thought all of that was very resonant. Um, and I also found, you know, the, the story of the brothers and the father um, perspicacious. I, you know, because I, I think I was talking about this with Martin. I, I find the whole sentimentalizing of the family mm. kind of obscene, right? You know, I mean, abuse happens in the family. Rape happens in the family. You know, the numbers of husbands who kill their wives is atrocious, right? You know, you're constantly having stories of men burning down the house with their wife and children in it, mm. right? So, you know, I'm not saying that all families are like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but some are, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that most. But this wholesale, you know, sentimentalizing of the family is ludicrous and um, you know, Shaheen has a complex view of it, right? Yeah. You know, they can love you. They can also sell you into slavery and steal your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but that, but yeah, which is true. But that, uh, and, and perhaps is something that, that, that attracted him to the story. But but that is the, you know, all of that, all of that is in the is in the original story. I mean, all, all and all of that is in the musical, and all of that is in the 1961 film. That the you know the brothers that that essentially. The, um, you know, firstly, the brothers, the older brothers. Are, so, so basically, Joseph is the, I think he's the 11th of 12 brothers. Um, so the young boy with the lamb is the youngest brother who then kind of reappears okay. in adulthood. Yeah, the they're meant to be eight. So, okay. Yeah, so but that's because it's not Joseph. You're forgetting it's not Joseph. It's Ram. It's, it's, <laughs> hey, how can you possibly think? How can you possibly think that it's Joseph? I'm sorry, um, I've lost my case. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. So, so there's all these brothers. Joseph is the, um, is the, the, like the second youngest. And he's from, he's from the father's, He's from a different mother. He's 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 the brother from another mother for the, for the, for the other guys, um, and the the older brothers are all pissed off because Jacob, the father, is or Adam, as he's called in this version, yes, yeah. is, is always going. Oh, Joseph, he's great. Or Ram, he's great. You know, he, he's treating him as a favourite. You know, in the original, he buys him this. He gives him this lovely coat. Um, there's no coat in this one, but you know, the, it, the, essentially, you know, the brothers do a bad thing by selling the younger brother into slavery but the reason they're doing that is that their father is you know showering all his riches and all his love on the children from his second marriage and that, that yes. and and that's that's the, you know that's basically the focus of the that well it's it's certainly what's in the versions of the story i've seen um and i'm, yeah. I'm sure it's in the biblical version too um, this film hands handles it more uh subtly hmm yeah um so uh yeah you you get well you you're told very clearly that um that joseph is his favorite but the film also makes you think that it's just he's his favorite because he's his most vulnerable right yeah um, yeah so uh um you don't get yeah and the shares all seem to be equal and so on so um yeah 
I, I, I think what affected me, um, you know, because I was really touched by all of those scenes, actually, you know, and I think that might be cultural, mm. um, you know, because, um, you know, there's such a, a, a sense of family and taboo and, you know, the obligations of blood, <laughs> you know, in Mediterranean cultures that, you know, that uh, for the brothers to do that, it's like, yeah, incredible, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, but as I say, that though, those 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 scenes with the family, the you know the 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 the, the early scene with the, the the father showering love on the first one on, on on Joseph, and then and then the reunion at the end, and the you know Joseph, you know them them coming to Joseph who they don't realize is Joseph or Ram because they think he's a prince. That that that's common to all the versions. And and so that I mean I, I think Shaheen's take on it is really interesting, um, and I think also I mean well, Martin makes this point in this book that, that that you know stories like Moses there are multiple film versions of and there are very very well known film versions of of it. Yeah. Um, that that's not the case with Joseph. There, the, the, you know, as far as I'm aware, the only the only other film version of the story. Well, okay, there's two film versions of the story. There, there's the this 1960s version, and then there's there's a, a there's a film of the musical, um, but th those are those are the only versions of the stories, and, and there isn't a sort of um, well-known, let me say, sort of kind of adult version of the story, um, mm. because the you know, the musical was aimed at schools. I mean, it, it's mm. it's um, it's a very very sort of um, simplified version of the story, but um, but the point is that he's you know the the, the the basic structure of the story is is exactly the structure of what happens in the in the biblical story, as far as I'm aware, and certainly what happens in the adaptations of the biblical story, which are what I've actually watched. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what? Let's move the discussion on a little bit to Martin's book. So, mm. what did you take out of it? What you know? What did you find useful? I, I found it really interesting. I mean, I, for, for, firstly, because as you'd said, it's the only like English language um, in-depth analysis of one of Shaheen's films that, 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 that I'm aware of. I thought the, um, but, uh, but, but the, yeah, the overview of the film was very interesting, but also I think his, uh, yeah, the research he'd clearly done on, on, on Shaheen's career and particularly how he, how he operated as part of the, um, part of the Egyptian cinema industry and also part of the international cinema community was, 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 was very interesting. And that sort of, uh, I mean, I, I didn't really have, I, I've not, to be honest, not had time to, to read it in depth. So I just kind of mm. skimmed through it this afternoon. I, I, I will go back and look. Uh, but I, I, but actually I found that background on his career very interesting, just how he managed to make these films. Because mm. the fact he, he was dealing with some fairly taboo subjects. Yeah. Um, but, well, he, he, he managed to survive as a filmmaker because he had his own... Um, he, yeah, he, he was essentially distributing the films himself in, in in Egypt. I mean, that's that's a very interesting aspect to it. Yeah. But also this whole thing. A bit, I, I think also Martin's book is kind of re, yeah, re, reading that and then being aware of the kind of other stuff we've 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 uncovered as we've gone along. Yeah, the whole thing he Martin mentions about the, um, you know, this difference between Shaheen getting funding from France and other filmmakers getting funding from the kind of petrodollars countries. Mm -hmm. Um, and that being a focus in Alexandria again and forever, 
and that maybe that was the rift that's what caused the rift between him and the other Yahya, because the other Yahya was making this film perhaps backed with petrodollars. I don't know. Mm. Um, that 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 whole to me it just gave, gave me a lot more context on what what, what was happening there. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I I will go back and read it properly. Um, one of the things that Martin uh, uh, pointed out to me that I will chase is that there's ostensibly a documentary mm. on uh, Shaheen done by his niece, yes, who was also yeah. a producer on all of these films. Yeah. Um, so I think so there's quite there's quite a few interviews with her about it. If you if you if you dig around, I've seen. Uh, I, in fact, yeah. I think I put one of them. A brief one. I put mm. one of them in uh, the blog post uh, that accompanies the podcast with Martin. But certainly, if you see any others, uh, bring them to my attention. I'll I, I will do. Yeah, yeah. Because it it seems that some of the so Shaheen gave her some footage of like he, so of interviews he'd done with his mother uh-huh. um, when he was preparing the Alexandria trilogy. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, so he'd so essentially. These are part of what the film contains are interviews with Shaheen's mother, filmed by Shaheen. So it's kind of like it's like it's actually you could view it as the final Shaheen film. <laughs> so yeah. Um, what's your take on the career as a whole at this point? Because actually, I do think that now, you know, this is our fourteenth film, or mm. yeah. So, I mean, we've seen quite a lot now, and we've seen quite a lot over a long period, i.e. from 1953 or 56, yeah. um, to no, unfolding. 1994, by the way, is, is, is where this one's from. Yeah. I, I think he's clearly at this point... So that's a period of 40 years that yeah, we've been looking yeah, yeah. at now. We've spent, if, and it feels like we've been watching this one for 40 years. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It feels like he had a ray of sunshine. It's like 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I think it's really interesting. I think he's developed from, uh, you know, clearly the first few films were films being made for a local market and you know within the framework of Egyptian cinema um i i when you having watched the the alexandria trilogy you see you see his like kind of see his evolution as an international filmmaker in that in terms of how he interacts with um you know the international filmmaking community and film festivals and all of this kind of thing and how he's treated and how he's regarded um, and then you start seeing these co-productions, the Andrew Bonaparte and, and, and the Emigrant, both French co-productions, with French stars joining them with, with a bigger budget, clearly aimed at an international audience, but unfortunately not, again, again as, as Martin points out, not really getting that international audience, you know, may, maybe getting a French distribution, but not, not getting an well, English distribution. Well, I mean, I don't agree with that. I, I don't agree with that. I mean, I, I think uh, he did get an international audience. I mean, it might not have been as large mm. as he wanted, you know, but I mean, for a film to be playing in France, in uh, international festivals now around the world, and for it to be kind of a mainstay of Arab cinemas, mm. that's pretty international. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, you know, it might not have been as successful as he wanted, but the, they, the films must have been successful. You know, somebody must have made money out of it because, you know, these Arab, French, these Egyptian French co-productions, they continued on for 20 years, you know, yeah, and like yeah. film is a business. If they hadn't worked, you know, they, they wouldn't have been a second one. So, yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. Um, so, so, uh, I mean, maybe they made money out of television sales or I don't know what, 
you know, or a subsidy. Well, but presu- or... well presumably they they did well in France because there there is you know Fr- France is the you know, France was co-funding these films. France is the one geography outside the Arab world where these films are widely available, apart from the Netflix ones, obviously. But well, no, a- I don't think that's true. I mean, France is the one place where they're available with some kind of subtitle that we understand. Mm. I think the films are all available in Arab. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. In the Arab yeah. world, they're very, they're very widely available. Yeah. And basically, you, basically, I have found pretty much every, pretty much every use of Shaheen film is on YouTube. Yeah. Pretty much everyone going back to like 1951 is on YouTube. Um, it's just that very few of them have subtitles we can understand. Um, no. So you know, if if we could go, if we went away and learned, learned Arabic, we would be able to then then, then watch all the films. No, but no. but essentially, they they are all out there. It, it's just that they're not out there in a way that's accessible to a, a kind of European right. audience. Um, no. So and, and, and you know, let's face it, a lot of them are probably about half of the ones we'll be watching are only accessible to us because we speak some degree of French. True. So um, I you know all the more reason to take advantage of the film screening on Netflix yeah. because, you know, if they disappear, you know, well, there goes a whole chunk of yeah, and, and I think, well, North well, African cinema and Arab cinema. Yeah. You know, and, and what, what I'd say about the ones on Netflix, although we, you know, the, when we've reviewed the ones that aren't on Netflix and said, oh, it's a real shame this isn't on Netflix, I think the ones on Netflix actually are giving a really good overview of his career in terms yeah. of the range of things. So, you, you know, you've got the you know, the two early 1950s Egyptian melodramas, you've yeah. got the 1960s uh, Cinemascope epic, uh, yeah. you've got the, uh, no, political no, the the political films, you've got, uh, you know, the, 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 this historic drama um, yeah. that you, and going forward, we've got another historic drama, we've got another contemporary film. So, so they're, they're you know, they're, although there, there are ones that I kind of regret not being available on Netflix, the the Netflix it would be a yeah if the Netflix selection had just been his 1980s films that would have been great yeah. but it would but actually it's more interesting that yeah we've got the you know the, the two melodramas we've got the three autobiographical films we've got three or so historical epics we've got three or so political dramas that's actually you know you've got a few of all of the types of films that he was making apart from possibly we haven't got a musical right. <laughs> rectify. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a lovely note to end on. I mean, is there anything that you want to add about uh, the, the immigrant that you might have forgotten? I, I don't think so. I would, I would highly recommend it. I, mean, I had some reservations about it, but but it, it's yeah, a really interesting film, and it's it, yeah, and it's really accessible because you do you 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 know the story. You already know the story before you watch it. It's, uh, it's great. All right. Well, thank you very much, Richard, and thank you all very much for listening. Bye bye. Good night.